a happy weekend to you. A happy playoff weekend. Thank you for making us a part of it right here on CBS Sports Radio. Speaking of the playoffs, I like a lot of favorites this weekend. I know. I know. Ryan, going out on a limb. Real bold of you there. Picking most of the favorites out of the six games. I think five of the favorites win. Which means one team's on upset alert. One dog, not only I like, I love. That is the Los Angeles Rams. I think they are going into Detroit and winning. Here's why. We've been talking about it for a large part of this show. A lot of the playoff success or failure comes down to two positions. Head coach and quarterback. That's where you truly see the difference between a great quarterback and a good quarterback. A good quarterback and a bad quarterback. You could see it in the regular season, but the postseason, it is magnified if there is a quarterback gap or a head coaching gap. And so when you look at the two most important positions, I look at this matchup, Rams-Lions, I think it's a major advantage for L.A. in terms of head coach a major advantage for LA in terms of quarterback. Right there, no, for me, that's why I think the Rams are winning on Sunday night. I am I am very nervous about Dan Campbell. If I was a Lions fan, I would be very nervous about Dan Campbell's decision-making in the postseason. This is a guy that, yes, is aggressive and fun and plays to win the game and I think is a... a at least in the regular season, a fan darling. You know who was also like that? Brandon Staley. I think you need some sort of balance of you got to be aggressive, but not stupid, not reckless. And I don't think Dan Campbell knows the line between aggressive and stupid because stupid loses you games and stupid ends your season if you're not smart. And look, it's one small moment But I think, to me, it's a harbinger of things to come. You go back two weeks ago, that epic game between the Cowboys and the Lions, seeding on the line, two teams really trying to cement themselves as the two seed. We obviously know how that game ended, the absurd, ridiculous, illegal touching penalty that should have never been the Lions and nothing wrong there. But here's what scared me. That five-yard penalty wiped out what should have been a good two-point conversion. And now instead, you get the ball from the two on the seven. Right there, 95% of smart coaches kick the field goal. Even if you are aggressive, you kick the extra point and say, we're going to go to overtime. Dan Campbell, seeing red, being outraged that he thought, rightfully so, a win was taken from his grasp, said, oh, screw it. We're going for it anyway. We're going to win here. We're going to double down. No, no, no. You don't double down from the seven-yard line. You kick the extra point. You could be upset. You can't be stupid. He was stupid. He got bailed out by an offsides call that made it a little bit less egregious going in from the four-yard line instead of the seven. Either way, we should have never been in that situation. The Lions and Cowboys should have been in overtime. But Dan Campbell's recklessness lost them the game. He is an emotional guy. And I know he said after the pre- you know, the day after the game, the next time he met the media, you know, I'm going to use that. I'm going to make sure like that emotion is used for good now. Like, this is going to be a great thing for us. I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it whatsoever. It reminded me a little bit with how much he's trying to 
almost use that moment as fuel. It reminded me, going back a few years ago, to Matt Nagy and the double doink. You lose a playoff game on what was, I, I thought, physically impossible for a ball to hit that many posts and not go in. You lose it on an anomaly, right? You, you never see a double doink. That's why it's named the double doink, because you, you never see it. And Matt Nagy like, basically made it a point of, we're going to replay that game in the locker room. We're going to put that on a loop. We're going to bring in kickers, have them watch, and then, hey, go kick for us. We're going to see who really can kick. That moment broke him. He was never the same. I don't think he was a great coach to begin with, to be honest, but he got worse after that game. He never learned, and he allowed that moment to take control of him. I am very afraid Dan Campbell is going to fall on the same line. That moment absorbs him, takes over him, and he can make rash decisions in big moments. And by the way, I know it's the NFL, right? Every game is important. We're all, every game is under a magnifying glass. The playoffs are times 10. So now every single call is going to feel like the end of the world or the greatest thing to ever happen to you. How do you manage that emotion? The great coaches, even keel. Sean McVay never gets too high, never gets too low. I am afraid Dan Campbell's emotional roller coaster state is going to lead to a loss. Rams to me, massive, massive advantage in the head coach. And I think also in quarterback. I really trust in this situation, Matthew Stafford going in, winning a Super Bowl. He's not going to let the moment be too big for him. But he's also playing really good football. And he's someone who has played really well in the big games. Jared Goff is not. The Lions have, like, they had a great year. I'm not trying to take anything away from what Detroit did. Great year. But when you look at, like, marquee games on the calendar, they had one to start the year in Arrowhead, one to finish the year in Dallas, not many other big games in between. You can say the Ravens in the middle of the season. They went one and two. Jared Goff played bad in all three. I don't feel good, even though it's at home. And right, we know dome Goff is different than outdoors Goff. With that said, I think Matthew Stafford's going to carve up the secondary. Carve him up. 31-21, I think the, the Rams go into Detroit. Spoil what is going to be an electric, college-like atmosphere at Ford Field on Sunday night. Head coach, quarterback, two biggest deciders of playoff games will be a big decider here on Sunday night. So I like all the favorites. I like the Browns. I like the Chiefs. Bills, Cowboys, Eagles. The one dog I like and like a lot this week, it's the Rams. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Which team do you think this weekend is on the biggest upset alert? You want to call your shot right now and sound like a smart guy or gal? Who's pulling off the upset this weekend? 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Gerald is calling from Detroit. What up, Gerald? Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's going well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. You're touching on a lot of good stuff, but you're killing my team in the process, Ryan. So you know I got to defend my guy. Gerald, let's hear it, man. Tell me from a Lions perspective why you are believing Sunday night will go the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to go the opposite because 
Man, we 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 waited for this moment, Ryan. You know that for forever. And I know the fans don't have they don't carry a lot of weight in this, but I'm really thinking that that Campbell learned from that decision. He's he is he's very emotional. He's got a lot of fire and you know, I wanna I wanna do this take your kneecaps off, all that stuff. But I think in this moment, because he knows how big it is, that he will temper that that emotion down, and I think if he has to make a call that's going to sway that game one world, I just got to trust that he's going to make the right decision. And, Ryan, the other reason I think that we're going to win, because we haven't even played our best offense yet all season. So we've got, we've got some good offense games left in us. And my other, my other thing is that we, we saw Stafford out here for years, and just as well as he can light you up, he can, <laughs> he can let you down. You know, he threw some critical picks here in Detroit, pick sixes. So I think he's got one of those in him, you know, for a Sunday. That's what I'm hoping anyway. So that's the recipe. Dan Campbell, Mr. Cool on the sideline, Stafford pick six, offense wakes up, Lions win. That's not the recipe, but, I mean, that's the intangibles. All right. You know, like you like you just said, you know, this is a playoff thing. Anything can happen. But I want to do one thing, if I can, Ryan, before I let you go. It's cold up here in Detroit. So can I change your name just for a little while from Hick at Night to Hickey Burr? That's old Bill Cosby, if you don't know what that is. Old Bill say, Cosby album. I got to I gotta look that up. That that reference is, is over my head. So well, before I give a seal of approval, Gerald, I just got to check it out. Thank you for the call, and I, I like the nickname there. Uh, well, I guess I say that. Um, Hickey Burr, theme from the Bill Cosby show. I guess I'll listen to it in the break and, and see, but maybe, maybe, possibly. It is very cold, so stay warm out there. Um, maybe we'll, we'll go with Hickey Burr there. But what scares me, Gerald, of what you just said is the fact that the Lions have not played their best offensive game yet. I would agree. I wouldn't say that's a positive. It's been 17 games. Like, at this point, it's either you're showing it or you're not. I have a very tough time right now sitting here and believing without seeing it at any point in the regular season that all of a sudden we're going to see this Lions offense play clean crisp and light up this uh, Rams secondary and light up this Rams defense and play your best game of the season. It To me, it's more alarming than it is encouraging that through 17 games, we've not seen this team hit their peak offensively and have not really seen signs that it's coming anytime soon. Aaron, also called from Detroit. What up, Aaron? Hey, how you doing? We're hanging, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm piggybacking off Gerald right here. Uh, pretty bad. My original call was to tell you that I didn't really agree with your Stafford at the top. I would have put him in the Joe Flacco category because of what Gerald was saying about we've seen the playoff games where he's stunk up against the Saints. We saw the game with the Cowboys. Yeah, we had to pick up the flag, but he still had to drive to get us to win the win, and he didn't do it. And like So I've seen those moments. So I would have put him in the Flacco category rather than put him up in the Mahomes category. That was originally why I called. But yeah, I mean, I like with the, with this Rams offense with McVeigh how he's running. I mean, and look, it, different teams to so different circumstances. I just at this point, I I really trust Stafford. I think again, if the Lions win, Aaron, and, and you're happy on Sunday night, I think it's gonna be more of a shootout. And we're talking about the Rams defense versus Stafford. We'll say, I guess, looking like old Lions Stafford in the playoffs, throwing a pick six, not coming through. I don't see that to be the case, how this game's going. 
I, and I understand. And then like, and you were getting me emotional. Like I was, I was thinking after when you when you let in, and I'm just sitting there like, gosh, he's just pulling all of my strings right now, saying all of the things that are just in my head that are worrying me about this game. But I do trust that our running game will do well, and I think that will be the key. And like, you know, when you when you ask that question, I just think if we can get Gibbs and Montgomery to really get going. And, and and then start that off. Just punch him in the mouth real quick and, and just hammer it down. I think we can pull that game off. That, Aaron, you're 100% right. And I appreciate the call. That is the key. If the Lions are going to win, it is absolutely running the ball. Establish the run, I would say probably at bare minimum, if you want to say combined, 160, 170 combined between Gibbs and Montgomery on the ground. This has to be a game where you grind it out. And again, the Lions have a damn good offensive line. Physical run game, that is where you impose your will, slow it down, and make it more of a fist fight than, um... wow, I just blanked on the on the term. A track meet, holy cow, jeez. Get with it, Ryan. Track meet, where it's a you know, shootout. I think at this point, that's the Lions' best philosophy or best shot to win is by riding that run game and have Jared Goff work off the play action than just trying to have him sit back there, drop back, and go basically throw for throw with Stafford, I don't think that's going to work too well. Um, so before we go to break here, I saw this, and I think to me it's a complete embarrassment on the behalf of the Buffalo Bills, and this is, this is an organization screwing their fans. So it's going to snow a, a lot in western New York here leading into the Bills-Steelers playoff game on Sunday. And the Bills are asking because the stadium's going to be filled with snow. Hey, look, we need volunteers. Who can help shovel out Highmark Stadium here? Uh, Here's the offer. So let me ask you, at least for me, I'll give you my answer, but also get your thoughts here. Is this an offer you think is enticing? Would you take this offer right now to shovel out snow? So the Bills want you there at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. You start the shift Saturday night, 10 p.m., shoveling the stadium. Here's what you get. $20 an hour, complimentary food, and you get a snow shovel provided. So they give you a snow shovel. They give you some food. What that food is does not specify. I guess probably just stadium, right? Stadium food. You can assume since you're in the stadium. And you're getting $20 per hour. That is an awful deal. How, like, if you are asking Bills fans to spend their Saturday night basically working an overnight shift, digging out the stadium, manual labor in the freezing cold, oh, yeah, by the way, having to drive. I mean, the the stadium's in Orchard Park in the middle of nowhere. You got to drive probably even a decent amount at night in the snowy conditions to get to the stadium. So risk your life driving to get to the stadium, working cold, snowy conditions, outside, shoveling snow for, I mean, what what is the shift? Eight hours probably, you assume, right? I mean, the game's at 1 o'clock on Sunday. You got to get all the snow out. I don't know how long you're going to be there. They don't say how long, you know, they expect you to be there. I guess it also depends on the turnout. But you're starting at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday, and they're giving you $20 an hour? Are you kidding me? That's an embarrassment. That is an absolute embarrassment. If I was a Bills fan, you know what I'm telling them? Kick rocks. Get lost. $5 above the minimum wage? To be out there busting my hump? 
And then, by the way, working all night, exhausted. We've all shoveled snow. It's not easy. And, what, you get home at 6 6 a.m.? The game's at 1 p.m. Even if you're not going to the game, waking up after shoveling snow to get up for a 1 o'clock game, playoff game, is not easy. You can easily sleep through it. All that for 20 bucks an hour? Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, Colton, I mean, you tell me, maybe I'm I'm way off here. I heard some Bills fans on Twitter saying some not nice things to me, but basically I'm an idiot, and that's you know, a great deal. Would you do that? I mean, if you lived in Pittsburgh as a big Steelers fan, and they had a, snow, a storm coming in and said, hey, come to the stadium, 10 o'clock at night, we'll give you 20 bucks an hour. Would you shovel the snow out? Would you shovel the stadium out? No. So for, for starters, I'm going and risking my life in that awful weather to get there. Yes. And I'm That's not right. getting tickets to the game? Yeah, no. You can kick rocks. Absolutely not. If it was, right, tickets to the game, even if it's tickets for next year, I think it's fine. Right? If you want to give, hey, pick a home game of your choice, we'll figure out something. Tickets have to be involved here. You cannot ask fans to shovel the stadium out in the freezing cold overnight and not offer tickets. I'm sure playoff tickets are sold out. Bills fans are, are diehards. And they'll be there and the condition's fine. I understand can't get a playoff ticket this late in the game. Fine. Next, you got to comp them with playoff tickets for next year, or excuse me, regular season tickets for next year at some point, even one game. Yeah, 20 bucks can, an hour is an embarrassment. You can go shovel a senior development and charge over $20 for a driveway. Right. No, I'm not risking my life getting to the stadium for that. No, absolutely That's not. a no good shot. point. Like, if it's an eight-hour shift, let's just say, right, so that's 160 bucks. you're 100% right. You could probably walk up and down the block, maybe go a block or two over, make that same money during the daytime, and like you said, not to drive half hour probably, 40 minutes to get to the stadium to dig it out overnight and then wake up exhausted and either try to get back to the stadium for the game if you're going or just wake up and be on your couch. It's, I mean, look, I work, we're both working at 6 a.m. Eastern, right? That's our shift for today. Let me tell you this. I'll be up. Usually for college football and games are at noon, I'll be up. And obviously NFL games at 1 o'clock. Um, it's not easy getting up. Like you are exhausted. You could be up, but you're not awake you're not into it I'm, we're not shoving snow it, it this is i think you tweeted that out right was that you that that i saw tweeted out that you okay i'm not getting tickets and everything oh so i shovel it and then i go home you're sleeping through the game like you're not even gonna be up yeah like oh it's awful it, yeah, it, it uh, it's ridiculous i, I don't mean, know how they thought $20 you're a professional team someone. right 20 bucks an hour how that's an embarrassment you can't say that parading that around. Oh, look at us. 20 bucks an hour. Come work Come work for us. And I don't know what's going to happen if fans don't show up. And it's just going to be more work, more hours, more labor. And again, if you're there till 7 a.m., 8 a.m., shoveling snow. I mean, I like shoveling snow. I, I like yard work. I am someone that enjoys cutting the grass. I love shoveling snow. It's just an excuse to be outside. I like it. With that said, I ain't doing that. That is, that is nowhere near enough money, enough of incentive, or worth it. Up your, like, bare minimum, a ticket for next year's game should bare minimum be the offer to get anyone to risk their life, travel in the snow, and then work all night in the conditions to get your stadium ready for a playoff game. Holy smokes. Buffalo, you are better than that. Be better to your fans.
855-212-4227. We'll continue to take your thoughts here. Also, when we return, we will get to a delayed version of 3 at 3, including, I got a haircut two days ago. Local place I go to all the time. They do a great job. David's Barbershop, New York City. Check them out. Shout out to them. Free plug. But I saw easily the craziest thing in a barbershop I've ever seen. I've never seen it before. I don't think I'll ever see it again. I got to tell you about it next because this is bizarre to say the least. It is Ryan Hickey with right here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get to three at three here in a second, but I got to find out if I'm crazy or if the Bills are crazy. It's snowing a lot in Buffalo, in case you missed the story. The Bills are asking people to come on out to the stadium starting at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday to shovel out the stadium to get ready for a 1 o'clock playoff game on Sunday. They're giving you free food, a complimentary shovel, and 20 bucks an hour. That's it. To work all night, through the elements, get the snow out. If you're going to the game, I mean, I don't see how you can leave. Probably to sleep in your car for a few hours. If you're on the couch, still, you're working all overnight. Manual labor, exhausted. Good luck waking up for the game and being, like, awake and enjoying it. I think 20 bucks is a slap in the face. I don't know if there's any playoff tickets left. If you, there are, at least create some sort of raffle to try to give some lucky, you know, helpful fans a, a way to get into the stadium. But bare minimum, should be tickets for next year to thank them for their, their service. Buffalo's not doing that. I think it's absurd. Again, am I crazy? Or are the Bills crazy for thinking that that's okay and fans are going to come out there for, uh, for 20 bucks an hour? Paul is calling from Charlotte. What up, Paul? Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I had a call in because I uh, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina for the last 30 years, and I'm an expatriate from Buffalo. And way back in the Chuck Knox days in their late 70s, early 80s, I used to go with my buddies, and we used to shovel out the stadium. So I've got firsthand experience Ooh. of what it's like. And it's it's hard work, but it's nothing that Buffalonians are not used to. I think that the offer is a little bit light, given the gravity of this game. $20 an hour, okay, but why not give a voucher to the team store, and why not give a voucher for future tickets? Um, I think that would be the least that they could do. So I think I, I agree with you. I think that the, the, the current uh, compensation is a little bit on the light side. I agree. I mean, again, it's a, as you know, it's a lot of work. And, again, it's overnight, too. You're in the elements, like, there's a lot of factors here that are just like you're asking Bills fans to do a lot. And, oh, yeah, by the way, and I appreciate your perspective, Paul, the game is in, like, if you're working until 6 a.m., the game is in seven hours traveling home, trying to get any sort of adequate sleep. Like, if you're working all night, don't tell me that's five hours of sleep. You're going to be fine. Trust me. Again, as someone who works till 6 a.m., gets to my apartment all showered, and, and like, I'm in bed by 7 even if I sleep till one, it's you're still like you're still almost in a fog. Like you're awake, but you're not. It it's like I'm not kidding. It takes me an hour to wake up. Especially when college football's on. 
and I'm working the Saturday mornings till 6 a.m. and I'm up by noon to watch the games, it takes like truly an hour for me to wake up and like absorb what is happening. Do you want to miss the first half of a Bills playoff game because you're trying to wake up from spending all night shoveling out Bills Stadium for 20 bucks an hour? Not me. Not me. JB's in Chicago. Hello, JB. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, making the call, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to agree with you. Um, I worked the uh, the grave the graveyard shift, or some call it ten to six. It was isn't like too bad because I'm not laboring. So, um, I just feel where you're coming from. I think I think the pay is a little light, and I just was uh, I had to shovel my snow. I'm here in Chicago, and uh, I looked on Task Rabbit, and they're charging like sixty bucks an hour. And all I have is like you know a little half a lot size, whatever. Wow. So if they're doing sixty bucks an hour on Task Rabbit, you know, and those are just gig. That's just gig work, you know. If you're going to want to, you know, put a show on for your fans and your supporters, you should at least, you know, be somewhere in the middle. Like I, I heard the other caller say, some memorabilia, maybe some signed memorabilia for the team appreciation to have your fans come out and, you know, and do work for getting bare minimum. So. Right. Um, you're 100% right about that, JB. Appreciate the, uh, JB, appreciate the call, buddy. And also, too, like, going back to, the, like, what we were talking about, what Colton and I were talking about before, it's one of those things where you can, like, if, if it's about making money, you can go around your neighborhood, pick up a shovel, and you can knock on probably five doors and make the same amount of money you're going to make shoveling the Bills Stadium. Like, the Bills should, I think, recognize this is a unique situation, so we have to make the reward unique. Whether it is a voucher to the team store, here, here's a hundred bucks, whatever. Or here's, I don't know, you get three things from the Bills team store. Go pick out what you want, or tickets to a game next year. Hey, look, here's a voucher. Pick your game. You'll be, you know, we'll guarantee you two seats or whatever to a home game next year. Whatever it may be, like, I think you also have to make it, like, make the reward unique for the unique work you're asking people to do. Shoveling a stadium is not easy. Overnight, nonetheless, money almost feels like a little, I don't want to say like dirty, but it, it feels weird where it's like, I mean, 160 bucks, you could probably get a, a, you know, a ticket to maybe a bad game for cheap or cheaper. But it's just like, I feel like it's more rewarding if you're a Bills fan, like, oh, I got a ticket to the game next year versus, oh, I got 160 bucks that I can use to buy a ticket. I, I, I don't like it. I, if you're Buffalo, I think you got to offer a lot more than just 20 bucks an hour to get fans to work all night to clear your stadium. Come on, Terry Pagula. I hope there's owner. videos. I hope there's videos of how many people actually show up. Like, I, I'm not showing up. And I'm like, and, I, and I'm a Bills fan. I'm excited. They're going to get it cleared either the way you slice it. So they're getting it done either way because guess what? That game has a kickoff at 1 o'clock. So they got to get it done. So I don't care if I'm there or not. I think Paul from Charlotte being a former Buffalonian, as he said, I think kind of hit hit on it, and maybe this is part of the reason why it's only 20 bucks. I think the Bills know there's enough football crazy fans that'll do it for free. So it's like 20 bucks. Oh, do I get to get paid to be in Bill Stadium? Well, let's do it. I think there's enough psychos that would have that would like that's a football obsessed and Bills obsessed town that it's almost like, oh, I'm helping out my neighbor by going to the stadium and 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 shoveling it out versus like I'm not like that's not worth it. I think that's also maybe they get away with taking advantage, if you will, of diehard fans. And that's that's at least what it seems like to me. All right. Really fast here. It is time for an abbreviated version of three at three. 
So I do have three things I want to share with you, but we are running a little late, so I'll just share the biggest one now. We'll sprinkle the other two in throughout the rest of the show. Colton, I've been getting my hair cut now. I am 29 years old. I've been getting my hair cut for probably 25 years, and let's just say 20 I can remember, right? At least, like, vividly going to the barber and, and getting a cut. In the last 20 years, I've never seen what I saw on Thursday morning as I go to get a haircut, and that is this. A guy in front of me, Comes on in, waiting for a haircut. It's his turn. He gets up. He's wearing a white long sleeve t-shirt. As he's about to sit in the chair, he goes, oh, geez, I wore a white t-shirt. Rips the t-shirt off, throws it on the chair next to him, and sits down in the barber chair shirtless. And, like, nothing is going on. Like, he's at, in his living room, like, not a care in the world. It's not like, oh, is this Okay. Oh, like, I, I know it's a little weird, but, I, you know, I, this is a nice shirt. I can't do it. it. First of all, it's a T-shirt. It's not a dress shirt. It's literally a long sleeve white T-shirt. Ripped it off, sat down, and was at home. My, for like five minutes, I, I sat there. My jaw must have been on the floor. Like, he was nice enough to not say anything. I was probably just staring like, what am I watching? He should have been kicked out. If, if I was the barber, I would have said, get out of here. I am not cutting your hair if you're sitting there shirtless. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that has to be one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I, would, I wouldn't I would stop talking about it to the guy cutting my hair. Like, are we? Is this? Like, how can did you? Did you see that? They put the cape on him. So it's like, you don't, once it's on, you don't, obviously, you don't really see he's shirtless after that. But it's just like, you know, like, what, how, this is something I don't get. Maybe it's a, it's a me problem. I. I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of confidence. Right? I'm someone that definitely is, I don't walk around exuding confidence and saying, oh, I know what I'm doing here. So maybe it's a me problem. And this guy clearly does not lack confidence. I could never imagine doing a move like that. Like, oh, I don't want to ruin my shirt. So instead of sucking it up, which I would do, I've done plenty of things where I'm just like, oh, you know what? This is, this is a lost cause, but I'm not going to make a scene. So I'm just going to eat it. It's my fault and just take the L on whatever, whether it's clothes, whether it's just like you make the, whatever. Like we all have done things where it's like, you can either be a complete, there's a lot of words I'm trying to use without cursing. You could be a bad guy and make everyone else's life worse. Or you could eat and just say, you know what? For the greater good of everyone else around me, I'm going to take the L here. I'm not going to make a scene to make sure my life is, is better. That's one where you got to take the L. It's a little hair on your shirt. It, it comes out in the wash. I do it every week or every month, I guess. It It's very simple. Yeah, and it was also 11 o'clock on like a Thursday. You're, he wasn't going to a meeting afterwards. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I have a big meeting. I can't ruin this shirt. Like, I'm sorry. This is weird. I, I just got to do it. It's, oh, geez, white t-shirt. Oh, pop it off. All right, let's go. Nothing's going on here. That's definitely probably one of the most craziest things I've heard and seen. Like, I can't even picture something. I know you told me a little earlier about it. I'm like, I can't even think of anything. That is definitely up there as one of the most wackiest things I've I've heard. Especially at a barbershop. Like, you can't do anything crazier. Like, I mean, obviously, okay, maybe take your pants off. But that's just, like, at that point, you're getting arrested. Like, and there's literally no reason for you to take your pants off. But it's, like, other, like, I'm trying to, like, there is, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, how do you have either the self-confidence or not a care in the world of, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to, I'm going to sit here shirtless and get a haircut in the middle of, of January. By the way, the, the closest chair to the door, so people walk in and out, you're going to get the breeze. 
I guess I'm jealous, to be honest. Like, there are some times where I guess I, I feel like I'm, I'm almost too, like, I think too much about what people think around me. And they're most like strangers. Like, oh, man, like, I can't do this because this stranger next to me is going like, to judge me. So I think I'm too far on the one end of the spectrum. This guy, though, I know for a fact is way beyond the other end of the spectrum. That is way too far. That is, it's disgusting. I don't want to, like, and then, then he gets up. I don't want to be sitting in, like, his back sweat. Let me put a cape on those just all over. It wasn't really hairy back, but it's just like, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah, it takes a special kind of person. It does. You have to have, like, some sort of confidence, or I really don't give a you-know-what. Uh, that's kind of pretty much exactly what that is. It was just so matter-of-fact, too. I, I don't know if he's done it before. I mean, he was talking, like, him and the barber clearly had a relationship because they were talking back and forth about talking about watches, of all things, um, and the best watches to, to wear and to buy and silver and, and I hope white. he's listening right now in this weird hour because this guy sounds like a well, strange fellow, so he could be up in the wee hours of the morning here. So we'd love to hear from you. Call on in. You know, please. We'd love to hear from you. I know Hickey would love to hear from you. 855-212-4227. Now, hopefully, I mean, I, didn't, I don't really talk when I get a haircut. I like to sit there in silence. So he hasn't heard my voice. So... He at least maybe won't at this moment be able like there's like three other people in there, so at least he won't be able to single me out just yet until I see him again next time. But that was yeah, he was weird. So he you know he might be up at this hour listening. But that was shocking. I tried to get a, a video of it. It was very brief. So I didn't really get the whole landscape to my friends, but that was just one of those like if I didn't get it on video, one of those things, like you may not believe what I'm saying. Just for how unbelievable it was. But there you go. You, you go get a haircut and you, you get a free show. Some I, I guess at least, at least the barbershop I go to. So there you go. David's in New York City. If you want a, a haircut and a show, <laughs> come on down. Uh, Mid-afternoon. That's when that's when he's there. So th there you go. That's that's something. That is something. All right. When we return right here, Hick at Night, CBS Sports Radio. We're going to continue to take your playoff thoughts here. We're going to circle back to Kalen DeBoer. Um, officially at Alabama, top of the hour here, so just a few minutes. When we return, not only did Bulls fans embarrass themselves, the Bulls organization embarrassed themselves with what happened on Friday night. If you haven't heard about it, I'll tell you next. Brian Hickey right here on CBS Sports Radio. Here, though, the latest CBS Sports Radio update is Marco Bloody. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Hick at night. Ten minutes from now, Kalen DeBoer hired at Alabama. Was it the right hire? I'll give you my thoughts on that. But what we saw in Chicago is frankly disgraceful. Earlier tonight, Friday night. And that was because the Bulls, which I did not realize up until Friday night, the Bulls have never had a ring of honor. And so they decided on Friday night with the Warriors coming to town, they are going to create a ring of honor and retroactively put everyone that should have been in the ring of honor in at one time. So there was, you know, Michael Jordan was being inducted into the ring of honor, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, right? You name it, everyone from those 90s Bulls teams, a few players earlier, a few players later as well, like, Big ceremony to highlight the history of the Bulls. And what happened during that ceremony 
is why I say what happened is disgraceful. So there was the introduction of now past GM Jerry Krause of the Bulls. And there's obviously there's a lot of frustration in the fan base because they feel like Jerry Krause drove Michael Jordan away. And even though they got six titles, should have won more. And Jerry Krause is the reason why they did not win more. If you didn't live through it like I didn't, um, being too young, but you watch the last dance, Michael Jordan and others were not shy to blame uh, Jerry Krause, let's just say. But Jerry Krause, rightfully so, was being honored into the Ring of Honor. And unfortunately, because he's no longer on this earth, his wife um, was there in his place. And I just want to play you. This is the introduction to Jerry Krause at halftime, um, his introduction to the Ring of Honor. Here's how the crowd decided to welcome the former Bulls GM into such a prestigious honor. So you hear a lot of booing, and they are booing Jerry Krause, booing the his widow, Thelma, who is there in his place. And obviously this is an audio medium, not a visual medium, but the video that was circulating, she is sitting there as the boos are raining down upon her, crying. She's emotional. Her husband, I mean, it's bad enough she lost her husband, who passed away in 2017. Now she's got to hear fans booing him. For helping win six titles. Disgusting. Get over it. Happened 25 years ago. He he held, he was the GM of the greatest dynasty we have seen in basketball. Acknowledge that. Over feeling upset that you should have won more? Give me, I'm sorry, that's inexcusable. Give me an absolute break. Steve Kerr, after the game, crushed the fans. Stacey King, tremendous NBC uh, Sports Chicago analyst, crushed the fans, rightfully so. There, there is no excuse for what they did and booing, first of all, a man who's no longer alive. Look, trust me, as a Mets fan, I hate the former owners of the Mets and Fred and Jeff Wilpon. Despise them. They were awful. They ruined some of my life as a young Mets fan. If one of them passed away, and for whatever reason, they're being honored 20 years later. Am I booing if they introduce the Wilpons? I- I'm not. I don't like them. I'm frustrated. I will not vocalize my frustration out of respect. But here's where also the Bulls are at fault here. They are having a Ring of Honor ceremony that feels like it was half-assed without the three biggest stars there. Michael Jordan, not in attendance. Scottie Pippen, not in attendance. Dennis Rodman, not in attendance. Now, obviously, Scottie and Michael have a lot of history, as, and it's no coincidence that uh, they're both not there. But how can you have a Ring of Honor ceremony with just alone Michael Jordan's not there? Have you ever seen a Ring of Honor ceremony for any team you root for? Honor someone who's not at the stadium, as long as assuming they're, they're, they're alive? Anytime you are putting someone's name into the stadium or the arena, they are there. How can you have a ring of honor ceremony without the best player in your in franchise's history there in person? He gave you a video message. Doesn't matter. 
it shows that the Joker has no respect for the, the Ring of Honor. Cancel it. As soon as Michael Jordan says, hey, I'm not going to be there. Okay, it's done. We're not going to do it. Scrap it. Maybe we'll try it next year. You can't have a Ring of Honor ceremony when the best player in your franchise history that you're honoring is not in attendance. All right, when we return here, Hick and I, Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Kalen DeBoer hired at Alabama. Was it the right move? I'll tell you next. Ryan Hickey, CBS Sports Radio.